Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast sheet. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. Experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Welcome to the Event Horizon. With well, us, we've got Travis Ritchie. Hello, hello. And we've got Nicholas Acosta. Hello. And we've got Carrie Karanen. Carrie Karanen. Carrie Karanen, thank you for the correction. Aww. No worries, I have friends. Time. At, I have friends for 10 years that can't pronounce my last name. <laughs> I have to put the accent on the right syllable. <laughs> and these are the three main characters and the masterminds behind the untitled web series about a space traveler who can also travel through time. And you are about to create a motion picture. You're skipping the second season entirely and going straight to the long form, the untitled motion picture about a space traveler who can also travel through time. And right, we have fi we figured out that the... Uh, 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 acronym. The acronym for these are pronounced as 
Usa Cat. <laughs> that was that was Usa Cat, yeah. Usa Cat and Oompa. Oompa Cat. Oompa Cat. Oompa Cat. Yeah. Oompa Cat. Oompa More like more like use the cat. <laughs> oh, oh, we don't. It might go be there. easier to. I mean, we this added is a family the, the show. Inspector Chronicles at the beginning of it, so that people could uh, more easily refer to the show. Um, I mean, still, people are welcome to call it uh, Inspector Space Time if they want to. We just can't. Um, right. But uh, you know, the Inspector Chronicles is going to be what everything is going to be kind of under as an umbrella name. So that way, we can have untitled web series, untitled motion picture, untitled comic book, untitled uh, video game. Entitled lunchbox, untitled bath tower, uh, untitled uh, flamethrower. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, flamethrower. Johnny bag of glass. The kids love that one. Yes. Kids love that one. Yeah. <laughs> so we couldn't get into your uh, panel at Gallifrey. How did that go? So, so were you all there at uh, uh, Gallifrey One for the panel? Were all three of you there? Yes. This is our yes. most recent opportunity to not get in the room. It was so crowded. Oh. We cannot. I, I was stunned. I mean, we went we went up there. We were a little bit late, and we could not get in the room. And, oh, and uh, just... yeah, I was. Uh, it's funny because we walked over there. I mean, five minutes before the panel started, and uh, you know, and we were just. I was just across the hall at the booth room, and we were all just kind of uh, over there waiting. And then we headed over five minutes early, and the room was full. And I and I kind of had the sense that we were still waiting for the last panel to get out, but. Uh, but no, everybody was there waiting for us, so it was cool. Oh, apart from crowded, everyone hated was, it. Was yeah. It that, uh, oh yeah, that's why it was standing room only. As a matter of fact, it was so standing room only there were people standing outside the door trying to get in, and they couldn't. Wow. Do it. And they couldn't do it. Yeah, that was us. Well, it's apart very, from us, we could have punched people, out the, the guard. Yeah, people yeah. people kept walking up to the door and. And finding out that uh, it was not only standing room only, but that, you know, like, if you opened the door, all you saw was, like, people's backs. That, oh, <laughs> you nice. couldn't see the room. Good. Just like last year. It was that I full. was so scared of that. It was, it, was, it was more crowded than last year, if anything. I was not expecting to see that many people in there for us. I, I'm, I mean... You guys are rock stars. I mean, well, it kind of showers you with self-esteem a little bit. <laughs> you really feel yeah. better about yourself. Um, we, uh, we, Carrie had a interesting time too, because she was a little late for the panel. So we were all, uh, waiting anxiously for her to come in. And when we heard she was about to get there, we all kind of hushed down and just stared at the door waiting for her to come in. And then, uh, and then when you entered, what did that, what was that like? <laughs> yeah, I was looking for parking. So I was like 20 minutes late and I was running down the hallway and my handler, the guy who was walking me, that props guy was like, don't run, don't run, it's okay, it's okay. And I was like flying down the hallways. <laughs> and I just like, we burnt, first we tried one door and it wouldn't open. And then we tried the next, next door and we just like flew in there and everyone just cheered. It was awesome. I couldn't believe how many people were there and it was packed. Everyone was so like happy to, to see us. I'm like, wow, they but love were, us, they really love were... us. <laughs> yeah. I Seriously, it was like ridiculous the moment like, the moment they saw us, they're like, oh, she's not here. And then they showed up and like, yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Nick, you weren't there for last year's, were you? No, I was not. Last I year's was, was also huge. And uh, it, we had a two-hour panel last year. So we had to cram yeah. a lot into this year's one-hour panel. 
it's it pretty cool. And it, what was interesting, um, what was most interesting was to see people at the sign, when we um, signed posters afterwards, there were several people who came up and said, hey, I didn't know anything about you guys until I saw you last year at Gallifrey One, and now I came and I saw your series, and then I've come back this year and stuff. So it was really amazing to see how many people had shown up to last year's panel not knowing that much about us and then becoming fans, coming back the second year and like bringing friends who are now fans. So it's nice to see that have that kind of like repeat experience. Yeah, the personal yeah. appearances really work. Been, yeah, and Gallifrey in particular has been an extremely wonderful for us to be. They've been so supportive and uh, and the fans have been amazing. At uh, Now this is our third, uh, this was our third standing room only panel that we had at Gallifrey, so. Oh my, I didn't realize that. I, I thought mm -hmm. uh, I thought last year was your first one. Nope, we came two years ago. The uh, two years ago was more because two years ago was where we launched the first Kickstarter for the first sub uh, web mm -hmm. series. So uh, Carrie wasn't involved at that point. Nick wasn't involved at that point. It was just mainly me and uh, I want to say Eric was there, and it was more of a liars panel type format <laughs> where uh, we were talking with you know uh, the audience about their favorite moments from you know the past fifty years of Inspector. Space time, mm -hmm. and uh, you know what it was like for me to come into the show after all this history, and uh, and it was, and then we talked a little bit um, about you know I was out of it was weird because I was playing four characters essentially. I was playing the inspector, you know the, the inspector. I was playing the actor who played the inspector from the show, and then I was also playing the actor who played Inspector Space Time on Community, and then I was you know I was also like that inspector. So. It was very uh, sort of meta realities here. This it was incredible. Kind of the Galaxy Quest convention. So the for, Eric, the Eric for... you were speaking of was Eric Loya, who plays yes. uh, Boyish. Yes. And Nicholas, what's your what's your role on the show? Uh, my role uh, is uh, director um, and compositor, actually. But no, mainly director. Uh, I Travis brought me aboard uh, much after we we met. Uh, they had made season one, which um, I had saw, and he showed it to me, and I was really impressed with it. Um, and we, but we met at a party, and he was telling me all about it, and I was like, "Really?" And I was like, "That's cool." And then later, he just invited me aboard, and got, and I got involved. Yeah, as contrasted to most of the party talk you get around Hollywood, which is mostly inventions from the from the in the minds of the people you're talking to, like this great show that they just came up with just that minute, and waste an hour of your time yeah <laughs> this was exactly. a real thing yeah no exactly and it was cool because we had two like we were just like we again it was just one of those like networking situations it was for actually another web series that neither him and i were a part of we were just they were celebrating because they had met their goal and everything and we were just talking we were introduced to each other and we're just like yeah so what have you done what are you working on uh, i told him about my um harry potter fan film and um he was telling about entitled web series and yeah, and then it just kind of like a almost like a year or so, maybe maybe less later, he he kind of contacted me and just said, "Hey, let's uh, I'd like to pitch you this project." And um, we sat down for like a long lunch and we just talked about many projects, but this was the the biggest one that we were talking about. And we were like, "This That's is a right. this is a cool i this is a cool idea." And I but I, one of the things I did say is like, if, "If I do it, you know, I'm I want to take it to the next level, not just repeat what you did. <laughs> I just want to really advance it." Definitely. And that's what I wanted to. I mean, I wanted it to be uh, as. I mean, I'd seen a lot of what Nick had done on on little to no budget, and I was just he, Nick has a really uh, unique and and advanced uh, eye and style, 
And so uh, I wanted to bring that into our project. And uh, the thing that ended up impressing us all, in fact, we are about to release our last behind the scenes video. And one of the, one of the things that um, me and Eric and Carrie are asked is, is, you know, about working with Nick. And we all basically <laughs> say his enthusiasm what um, is so amazing on set because having him there and be excited about what you're doing uh, just fills the set with uh, that energy. Yeah, and he's so he's also so clear. I think partly because he also edits his own stuff, and he has such clarity with like his vision and how he wants things to cut together that you feel like you don't really waste a lot of time on set. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of just he grabs exactly what he needs. He knows that this is going to work with that, and so like everything is just it's so you know fast and clear. And even though in order to fill it out and what he wants is us for to us to run and run and run and run and run and run and run. Mm -hmm. um, but it's amazing because to have been on set and that level of clarity, it just really helps keep everyone, you know, focused because you want to feel like you're able to participate on a high level. And when someone is bringing their excellence, then and you can bring your excellence and no one's getting tired or sort of like, oh, we'll just go. We don't really know. We don't, you know, there's no wishy-washy. It makes mm -hmm. it so much easier um, especially since a lot of us are just donating our time. So we're there just because we love mm -hmm. the project and we want to be a part of it. Um, so, and then to finally see it cut together and it's amazing how it, it looks just like he explained that it was going to look the day you shot, you know what I mean? So the day of you're having fun and you have faith, you know, but then like, Five days later, he's like, look at this rough cut, you know, not five months. He's <laughs> yeah, like, five days later, like, days, look at this rough it. cut. It, yeah, and it's it, ridiculous. Nick, Nick cuts things together immediately. He's like yeah. almost obsessive. It's amazing. Yeah, and he he edited the the prequel episode too. So that, I mean that he edits, and that's the first time I've had something that I've produced that I haven't edited, which was amazing uh, for me to have that like and have someone do such a good job at it. Oh shucks! <laughs> no, it, it's it's funny actually. They're saying this. I'm really kind of happy that they're saying this um, because, like, especially how Carrie's saying about like the you know not wasting time because that's important to me. Like when I get to set, uh, I am excited. I am very ecstatic about what I'm doing. If I'm there, I'm happy about doing it. I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything that I'm not interested in. I mean, that's happened very very rarely, and you know mm -hmm. it's it's something that's a big pet peeve of mine of wasting people's time on set. But at the same time. I like having a good time. I like making sure everyone's like, dude, let's, we're making a movie, you know, let's, let's do this, you know? And so sometimes I feel like, am I, am I overdoing it? Am I wasting their time? Am I, uh, so I'm glad that, you know, you guys th think that, and they thought that, and that it came together so well because, you know, even though I'm a big goofball on set, sometimes I try to stay as focused as I can because in the end, I really, really want to see this done. It's not just like, oh, I need to get it done. It's like, no, I want to see this. I want to finish this so that way I could see this on on online or on the screen you know isn't that one of the reasons you all do projects like these because uh nobody is making the kinds of films you want to see so you've got to make them yourself it's i mean it's not so much that nobody is making the kind of films that i want to see it's just that i want to be in them um i mean mm -hmm. you know i'm an actor first and i have to act and uh i just am not content to wait for other people to cast me in things so i started writing my own stuff and i was a decent enough writer and then of course no one else is going to produce it so i have to that's how it all started for me what i also feel like i mean as an as an actor and as an artist in general you know what you want to do is be collaborating with other artists and professionals that you that you like and enjoy and respect um, and that just means 
And sometimes that has a really big paycheck next to it. And sometimes mm-hmm. it has a very small paycheck and sometimes it has no paycheck, mm-hmm. but you know, you can't just live your life based on the biggest job from a financial point of view. You have like, you have to always be building community and working with people that, that you like to collaborate with because that's the thing that feeds you and finding the projects that you like in whatever form they come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for, I mean, I just was so fortunate to, I was extremely lucky to land a character that then lent itself to be developed into something more. Um, and then I was even more lucky to be able to work with, uh, I mean, you know, being able to work with Carrie, I'd known Carrie for a couple of years before this and I'd wanted to work with her cause I saw how funny she was. And then, um, and then Nick, his stuff is so brilliant. It's like, I want, it's just one of those things where I feel extremely fortunate. Everything came together. Everything's coming together. You mm-hmm. are all meant to be in this place in this time doing this. You know, it's interesting you say that because um, when Travis and Eric wrote the first you know, web series of season one, um, what is now the prequel to season two and what is now now the prequel to the feature mm-hmm. that Nick directed was actually the final installment. Mm-hmm. But because of, you know, budgetary concerns and just time and, and, and whatnot, we didn't get a chance to shoot that. We didn't feel like we'd be able to give it, um, do it justice. Yeah. So it actually got separated and done at another time which so when you say that it's actually like very very true because you know without if it hadn't gotten separated out then you know nick and travis uh, nick and travis meeting wouldn't have sparked this collaboration we wouldn't have had him on this um prequel episode and then on the um feature and so it's kind of it really is sort of everything's worked out just the way that it should even the fact that we're that we're doing a feature instead of a season two, like everything worked out exactly as it should, even though there's been disappointments along the way, it's kind of working out in this magical, magical It really way. is. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. I mean, just uh, like getting, well, first of all, I want to say that, uh, Carrie, I found your uh, audition video, which actually includes what? your death scene. Yeah. So you, we had your deaths, Piper's death scene as part of the mm-hmm. auditions. Do you remember that? Yes, Absolutely. It would be uh, so interesting to see that because I know how it was conceptualized when it was part of season one. It was so different than how Nick ultimately directed it to be in the prequel episode. Yeah. Would you be okay with me posting that? I'd I'd put it up on the – I think it would be cool for people to see. I mean, if I'm awesome, yes. You're always awesome. (laughs) But but it is very interesting. Uh, And (laughs) I also, of course, we shot – not the death part, but we shot us that bit running to the booth where it was just, you know, a couple of lines from between Boyish's lab and the booth. We have that little, mm-hmm. uh, that bit that we shot. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool to, to show all that. Um, yeah, and then you can really see how Nick put his, put his own oh, spin on it. And, speaking yeah. of Nick, we, we just lost him a, a minute ago. Oh, no. Well. He wasn't so, talking at the yeah, time. Yeah, he wasn't talking, so you, we, well, let's, we didn't let's, let's kind of we didn't notice. him back. <laughs> well, we heard a bloop noise and knew there was troubles. Cool. But uh, let's, let's. Stick a bookmark in this for a moment. Oh, there he is. I think he's back. I think we're Hello. Hello. There he is. Yeah, there he is. Okay. I'm we so can... sorry. I heard Carrie going out, and then I was gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we're just glad to have you back. Cool. I hope that you guys weren't talking about me behind my back. Well, <laughs> no, I think they were. They, they were talking. They were. That's the whole point of the interview. Yeah, awesome. They were talking about... Uh, it's the Nick show. Sorry, how... Nick. <laughs> about how uh, Carrie had, had auditioned 
uh, for it and and uh, how they'd found the how they'd found her audition tape you know yeah. and all the and all the fleeing flooding flee fled flying flying Flown, flown, flown like you have never flown before. <laughs> flown, I like that one. Flown. Um, if the Swedish chef needs to flee, that's what he does. But I was also going to say that you know, going back to what you were saying about you know having things just fall into place and uh, for whatever reason just from my trip out to france for that i just did the web uh the marseille web fest and then uh was in london for two days only and happened to coincide with sylvester mccoy's schedule and his agent got us in touch and we met for uh tea at this really cool uh i guess i don't know if it's called the french cafe but it's a, it's a pub that was like the home place to the french revolution of world war ii it's just all oh, wow. history oh my gosh how fun Right, and he just came and we talked, and that's how that's essentially how Sylvester McCoy got into the project. So, how awesome is that? Everything is so interrelated, it's so circular. It's this it big ball wibbly, of wibbly, wobbly, wobbly, tiny, <laughs> really stuff. Is. So, what, yeah, but that's part of what, what comes from you know creating your own content or working, you're putting yourself, everyone's always like, oh, put yourself out there, create things, collaborate, you know, and. You know, that's such an amorphous thing of like, what does that mean? And what does that do? Where do you go? And how do you meet? Well, blah, it doesn't, blah, it doesn't you know? get you very far. I can tell you that. It's just a matter of, to... Sometimes it's just a matter of like, oh, if you, if, if, if you have a weird brain child, if you have this thing in your brain that is just like tickling and mm-hmm. wants to get out in the world, you just have to start having conversations about it and taking action on it and then watch all these people like arrive and show up, you know? Yeah. At, that's what I was about to say. If you just sit and dream about it, if you if you're striving in the dark, no one will ever see it. You will never get the help you need, and it takes. It doesn't take a village. It takes. I think it was a uh, township. Yeah, mm. uh, Cecil B. DeMille, who said, uh, "A writer needs his pen. An artist needs his brush. A director needs his army." Yeah, you know, that's, it, that's it not takes that. If you look at the credits for even the prequel episode, which is only eight minutes long, it's a, it's a really large group of people that put in work into that. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> the credits that run into debits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. it's, it's just true. It's true. The uh, and the other thing is that I've always lived by the motto that you never get anything uh, if you don't ask. Uh-huh. Um, and so you know, you, uh, there's a. Like right now, fundraising is a tricky thing. A lot of people don't like asking for money. Um, but you, you definitely won't get anything if you don't ask. And what's the worst that can happen if you, uh, if you do ask is you'll not get anything. And that's you're not any worse off. Mm-hmm. So. Susan just mentioned a minute ago about uh, credits that turn into debits. Uh, <laughs> One of your big debits was that freaking phone booth. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that beautiful phone booth that we saw at Gallifrey One and the time widget stuff in it and how all that came about? Oh, good. Well, for the first season of the show, that, that we rented a phone booth uh, because, and we only needed it for one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it ended up costing us a total of $2,200 for the one day. Like it cost us $700 to rent it. Five hundred dollars because we had to transport it upright, and the only thing that could do that was a cube truck. 
which was uh, you know hundred dollars a day, but we had to rent it for five days, and then the uh, the we had to get production insurance, uh, which we hadn't otherwise needed, which was a thousand dollars. So um, we thought for when we were doing the prequel episode, one of the big pieces of the budget was going to go towards building uh, the phone booth, building something that we could not only have and keep, but also it could uh, fly apart. The walls could uh, come apart for easier transportation, and also so that we could shoot inside it. And uh, we use that quite a bit in the, especially with Piper's death scene, um, we're inside the booth and you can see the behind the scenes, there's rarely no more than two sides up at any one time. Um, and the uh, that went a little over budget, but uh, the console for the booth was built by Brian Wiga, who also built the optic pocket knife. And mm-hmm. Brian and I started talking early on about what we wanted to do for the next, you know, if we were going to build our own booth, we wanted to have a, a phone console that was cool and uh, and and just, I don't know. And we had a couple of concepts that we had. I think we started the process at Gallifrey One last year um, mm-hmm. about talking about what was next for the booth. And man, and mostly he just did it. And uh, Brian just, Brian Wiga is one of the two caretakers of the TARDIS console. Doctor's from, Tardis console. The yeah, Doctor's yeah. TARDIS console from the 19... Which, when was it, Susan? The, the 96, I think. 96. 1996 movie with Paul McGann. Yeah. yeah. And he actually did it. Re, he redid all the electronics in that thing, so it all lights up by remote and uh, and has, like, he, he's, yeah, Brian Wiga is a genius. Oh, he's. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Brilliant. And, no like, I talk again, talk about the level of enthusiasm. That man has so much enthusiasm for the things that he does, for what he's building, for um, his sense of excellence, like how he wants things to work, how he wants things to be easy to be shot. He was sending Travis, um, you know, 3D models of every aspect of the, yeah. you know, um, this, I almost called it the wrong thing. <laughs> I got to be careful what words we use. <laughs> um, no, this is this is the booth, B O O T H, right? Bioorganic with... omnidirectional time helix. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make That's that up. Nicholas. Fans did. Really? They made yeah. it. Up. The fans made it up. Oh yeah. This is why I think you are all meant to be doing this, because all of the energy of of fandom and what you're doing sort of whirled around together and coalesced into this. This is almost like something that that you're almost... I mean, yes, you're providing the initial impetus and you organized it, but wow, is it greater than the sum of its parts. You know, someday you guys are going to all have your rich and famous contracts and people are still going to bring this up and I hope you're not ashamed of it because own it, love it, you know, it's it's putting you on the map. Oh, no, this is. I, yeah, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. I, Nick. I was gonna say, like, no, <clears throat> I'm very impre- uh, uh, proud of this project. Um, recently, I I talked to Travis about, you know, I was like saying, you know, it's been some time. I was wondering if there's if I could put it on my channel. Um, mainly because not just because like, oh, it's more views, more all that stuff, but like, I'm proud of it, and I'm and I kind of wish I could like just go to it on my channel sometimes just to see it or some of my followers could see it because it's just it's something i'm really proud of it, it was you know there's days where sometimes i look at it and i'm like ah oh, man i'm wondering how this is going to cut together and everything and then towards the end i was just like this is cool this is really cool this is it's exciting it's fun you know and um it's something that i'm proud to have my name on you know especially when it comes to other people's content uh that i was hired to shoot you know it's 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 not rare that i you know, love something that i do it's uh, I, I like everything that i do but you know there's days where sometimes 
sometimes there's a project that's just like, no, no, this was really good. And that's, that's what this is. I'm, so I'm proud of this. I really am. Yeah, me too. This is the thing. I, I am the most proud about this project than anything, uh, than anything I've, uh, I've done. It's, uh, I'm very pleased with it. Is there any chance that the project could end up on, say, Hulu or Netflix or something like that? There's always a chance. <laughs> you know, uh, you're, you're, no, we're opposed. We're opposed to sharing it on platforms wink. that go into millions of households throughout the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, so, we, don't, we are not no. that close to. No, no, no. It's uh, we just we don't have anything figured out for distribution yet. But uh-huh. obviously, we would like as many people as possible to see it. So um, that's something that comes after we get funding for the actual production. Well, the once once it's in the can and you have something to walk in the office with. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you know, I've already talked to I've actually talked to the people at Netflix and so we've got a uh, we've got an in there. I thought um, so. <laughs> so it's it's I definitely it. <laughs> it's definitely uh a possibility. It's just, you know, it's so far down the the, the line of things that need to happen mm-hmm. in order for it to get there is uh is long. So one step at a time. It's very exciting stuff. So the Kickstarter, the current, the current oh, production. Yes. Indiegogo. 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 Yes, Kickstarter is not a generic term any more than Xerox or Kleenex TS. Yes. No, it's not. So Indiegogo, we've we've used that, we've loved it. Uh, well, we we I have used it before, and then for the previous two uh, campaigns that we did for this show, we used Kickstarter, um, and the reason was is that with Kickstarter and their all or nothing uh, funding. It's a better way for us to do it when we're funding the production of a series, especially with this particular series, because the whole story, like all six episodes, were one story. It was just mm-hmm. basically, uh, it was an episode broken up into six acts or six parts. Um, where and, and so we needed the whole budget or we couldn't do it anyway. So for that, it was, um, we, we were all or nothing. Now, uh, when we're trying to fund the pre-production on the movie... Uh, we can actually do we can do something with whatever we get, and so we have a, a goal which will allow us to do a lot of the things we need to do for pre-production. Um, but we can still accomplish things if we don't necessarily reach that goal. Plus, uh, my channel is part of the collective YouTube network, and they have a partnership with Indiegogo. So those two reasons are why we did Indiegogo this time. Plus, you can do like PayPal. And that uh, mm-hmm. really opens you up to international um, donations. Where I mean, we have quite a few of international friends. Uh, whereas, fans. whereas Kickstarter limits you to contributions that come only from the United States because it has to be handled through Amazon. Not I mean, quite, but it has to be in like dollars. Which yeah, is, it has uh, to be in dollars. There's no conversion, and yeah. So I mean, we yeah, had we had uh, we had international donors for uh, both of the other campaigns. It's just it's harder for them to do it. Mm-hmm. I I thought that we just used Indiegogo because it has a cool name, Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. Indiegogo. Yeah. <laughs> Make your independent film go. Oh, thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> oh so, so what are the dates on this, and and how much do you need, and how much do we kick in? Our goal is twenty five thousand. We're already above eight thousand, which is uh, uh-huh. our our momentum is good. Uh, although you get that first big boost up front, and things start to slow down. So we are seeing some slowdown, which so we need to really get people rallied to uh, to give until we get to that goal, um, and then beyond. Because here's the other cool thing: is that if we go beyond this goal, that is a less that we need to raise from investors, and b. Uh, it's more we become more interesting to investors where we can go to them and say hey look we asked fans for this and they gave us this 
where hopefully uh, the second this is is more than the first this. So not only does it make you more attractive to investors, it makes you more attractive to distributors mm -hmm. because you can yeah. then turn around and say, you know, look, these thousands of people gave us money. Right. This is how enthusiastic people are about this project. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so it's, it's um, evident. It's like nobody wants to take a chance in Hollywood anymore. Everybody yeah. wants to be the first to be second. They don't yeah. want to be the first man into the room. That's true. That's true. Um, well, you can find uh, you can find the project at Indiegogo.com slash the inspector. And um, of course, our we are still using the Facebook.com slash untitled web series for our kind of main hub for mm -hmm. information where we have all the links to stories that are being written us about us lots of graphics uh that's probably where i'll post carrie's uh, uh audition video and <laughs> we're looking yeah. forward to seeing that yeah me yeah, too so it's, yeah. it's it's, it's it very really cool is. and so people can go there and fund as far as how much you can fund anything you want anything from a dollar to uh, ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars we have a lot of great prizes for awesome uh prizes. Yeah, so you can actually get a replica optic pocket knife. Tony Lee, who used to write the uh, Doctor Who comic book, is actually announced at Gallifrey that he's writing the untitled comic book about a space traveler who can also travel through time. So you can get yourself into that comic book, your your name and likeness. You get a free copy of the comic book. You get, like, just all sorts of amazing things. Plus, uh, we announced that we're doing a referral contest where if you don't have money yourself but you know rich people or you know a bunch of people who can give you know a little bit of money you can actually get the perks that are equal to the amount of referrals you give to the uh, to the campaign you just go to the indiegogo campaign and you sign in if you sign into indiegogo it'll give you a personalized referral link and then we can track how many people you refer to us and the person who refers the most gets the perk equal to the total amount that they refer so if you refer someone who gives $5,000, you also will get a producer credit and an optic pocket knife and all of those things. So is... all 50,000 of you listening to this right now, send a dollar. One dollar. <laughs> so you guys, uh, if you, you send... guys who run the podcast, you can log into Indiegogo and get yourself a personalized referral link and uh, and put that with the podcast. Well, we'll do that and that. we'll send money because that's how we roll. Yeah, with uh, only one dollar, you can save these filmmakers. We <laughs> <laughs> sponsor a filmmaker today. You can defeat you can exactly. defeat the boyish, or you can turn the page. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Seriously, you guys, this uh, the script for this thing is so. People are going to be talking about this. It's it's one of those things that um, I am so impressed by and I can say that because I didn't write most of it most of it was written by Eric Loya but he has such a grasp of story and format and his uh the way the story bends back on itself and you have callbacks that you don't you, you're going to want to watch it multiple times so so are we still on the evil twin good twin trope no, after, so what happens is uh, in the prequel episode, you know, you see after they escape with Piper and Piper dies and suddenly uh, the inspector and uh, good boy find themselves in this weird place and Robert Picardo answers the door and it's very creepy. And so uh, uh, it picks up right after that where, uh, where Robert is this villainous character and you have to kind of figure out what is going on. Um, and, but nobody really knows until about halfway through, um, and then it's about then it's about thwarting the villains and all those fun things. Thwarting. I'm just enjoying the evil twin trope because, as of the new Muppet movie, the new sign of the evil twin is a a mole on the cheek. I'm going, where's the good Susan then? 
Ah, yes, exactly. Kind of got that going on. Well, I the, actually uh, kind of wish we could have done something like cosmetic or costume differently. I mean, for production-wise, I'm glad it was simple. But, you know, <laughs> right. as a filmmaker, in, the, in retrospect, I wish that we could have done, like, more, like, have you your costume slightly different or horns. Spock with the beard, yeah. Spock with the beard. We talked about that a little bit, and actually we did uh, something different for uh, for a very specific reason, and I think mostly it was about speed. Oh, yeah, Um, no, I understand why we did it. I'm just saying... In retrospect, I kind of wish we could, you know. Well, but I also, yeah, yeah, I I hear you. I totally, I totally understand. Well, but here's the thing. Now that we have an evil inspector, that doesn't mean we can't have uh, a nega inspector or a, uh, you know, an opposite inspector or something like that. Like invert the colors of the coat. Yeah. Make a new coat with inverted colors. And also they were the first day, that that was the first day they were technically alive. So technically it's just like, you know what, maybe fashion sense changes. Like, you know what, maybe I'm not liking this outfit. Right. Evil Inspector can make his own additions. Like, you know, put some, uh, put some metal uh, on his costume somewhere or I don't know. Or a piece of dead celery on the lapel. Or, yeah, or, well, no or, broccoli. It has to be broccoli. a different. It has to be a different. Well, we're not dead. We're not done with the evils. That that much is uh, that much is true. We might. It, it'll. It, they're not. Yeah, the or evils could, are not gone. Evil or he could bejewel the back. He could bejewel the back of it, saying "Inspector," like with rhinestones. So like, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> in this corner. <laughs> Golden boy and Inspector. Golden boyish. Golden oh, boyish. Yeah. I really think uh, you lo- you miss your calling as a costume designer, Nick. Yeah, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, clearly, clearly, you have a talent for it. Hell, I would let. Let's just say I would have given you a longer skirt. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, your uh, Inspector Space Time costume was impeccable. You were impeccably dressed Aww. at Gallifrey One. That Nobody was the sharpest costume, and it's it's not I'm, the the costumes that you see so often in in uh, movies and for television are you know kind of not all that well made. And uh, you see them up close was, and meh. You know? yeah, and they well, just come apart. that was just, I mean, that first of all, that's the second iteration of the costume. Uh, Amanda Avery and Becky Jordan built the costumes for the show. Uh, Becky built the one for, built the inspector's coat. And we, uh, I mean, and it was a lot like working with Brian Wiga, where Becky would show me some ideas and I'd be like, yes, do that. Or if, you know, she ever had me make a choice, I would, I would choose one thing or the other. But we actually had long discussions about what the coat meant to the inspector, what it represented from him, and she just put it together. Now, the reason we had to rebuild it was because for the first season, it went. It was so fast of a process that we, uh, I didn't actually have a chance to try on the thing until the first day of shooting. And so uh, there were a couple of things that didn't look quite right that she wanted to correct, and mm-hmm. uh, so we, uh, we went ahead and rebuilt it for season two. And, um, and yeah, I love it. I think it's it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of costume. It is, it is iconic at this point. Mm-hmm. It is, and iconic. it is so much so that I think that they, I mean, it has now, whether it's a coincidence or not, uh, the new costume for, um, for Capaldi yes. has a lot of similar things. This bright inner lining, the outside is the same color. The sharp, the sharp tailoring, the sharp yeah. lines to it. Yep, same slacks, same shoes, uh-huh. um, and, it, and it flows. It, uh, it has a flourish, which... Uh, I, I say I never, I never like to wear anything I can't take off with a flourish. So, <laughs> That's night, <awesome>. everybody. <laughs> well, you know, it, one thing about the coat that I love too is that it it does flow. Like when you're running, mm-hmm. it it flows. It like moves a cape. with you. 
And uh, I had to tell uh, when Christopher Jones was doing that wonderful comic book uh, artwork for us last summer, um, he was talking to me about what, you know, what he was sending me like rough drafts of this drawing. And uh, and I was and the only note I really gave him was um, at one time he had the coat just kind of hanging there while the inspector and Piper were uh, confronting Boyish. And I said, well, but can't you make the coat flow or something? I mean, you're a comic book artist. You get what capes are. Think of this as uh, the inspector's cape, except it's attached to his butt. Mm -hmm. More yeah. flourish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were quite right to do that because you know, given given the the single frame. You know, it's it's a comic book is a storyboard, really. Yeah. And uh, showing the coat flowing implies motion. Yeah. You know, in between the frames, the the, yeah. the inspector is always in motion. Right. Actually, yeah. that's we one even... of his hallmarks. I was going to say, actually, that's that kind of reminds me of like when we were doing the sound, uh, the post work on the film. You know, there was like running sequences. Mm -hmm. And I was I remember sitting there and just like we need to add more of like a, a lot of swooshes. I mean, mm -hmm. first off, that's my, the cinematic mind of me. I just mm -hmm. always like bigger and better and uh, detailed. And I figured like, he's, that's his cape. Let's add some swooshes when he runs by. And if you listen to the film, you'll hear little, little whooshes as he flutters by. And oh, nice. Even, and even, uh, yeah, flutters. And even Eric's. Uh, Eric's it does not flutter. <laughs> and even <laughs> Eric's um, coat, it, it kind of does that a little bit. You know, it was just like, just to add a little bit more of a, you know, pizam to the action sequences. Yeah, it's very. That's a that's a level of detail too. Speaking of Nick's detail, uh, that you know, I'm sitting there uh, in the audio uh, uh, sound mixing bay with Air, with Nick and our um, our audio designer uh, Michael Camus, and uh, and when Nick, you know, when they, those two are just working on stuff, and I'm just sitting there listening and and uh, watching them work, it's. I said this at Gallifrey, and I can't say it enough times. I think my the only the, the thing I'm best at is surrounding myself with people who are way better at what they do than I am, and I um, I'm so fortunate for that. That's uh, obvious in everything you guys do. You work so well together. You have obviously such amazing chemistry working together. Uh, we've barely had to do any work for this. For this episode of the event, no, we just wind them up and let them talk. <laughs> yeah, are there, are, are, do you have questions that you want to ask? Actual questions? <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we've, I think we've gotten everything we wanted. We're to hit the past, present, and future. I mean, uh, maybe not as much of the future as we'd like. Once, once the uh, the motion picture has gone wide, what next? Have you thought that far ahead? Oh gosh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, we have well, we have a lot in the works. We have uh, I mentioned a um, the comic book, mm -hmm. um, which now Tony Lee is writing at least one issue of. Uh, we have an untitled video game that's in the works. We have a radio show that I'm trying to do where we actually take fan written costumes and uh, and produce those. Um, we have uh, fan written costumes. Fan written. I'm sorry, fan written scripts. Oh, and, there we go. Uh, okay. And we produce those as a radio show. Um, we have uh, a, a, a novelization that someone is writing of the show. Um, yeah. So when you when you get the radio stuff. show ready, let us know. Oh yeah. We, we oh, happen to have will. this this yeah, science fiction radio, radio station, station thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I certainly uh, we will have a um, contest first for scripts. Uh -huh. And uh, and that of course won't happen until funding on the movie is complete. Mm -hmm. But um, once that happens, we'll start unleashing a lot of this other stuff too. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Travis just... Ritchie, Carrie Karen, and Nicholas Acosta, 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Event Horizon. And if thank you're you. if you're listening to us and you want to find out more about the inspector, you can go to I think it's the Inspector TV. Is that correct, That's right. Travis? Yep. And there's an Indiegogo campaign, and you can look up Untitled Web Series on that for the for the motion picture project. And um, Facebook page. And there's the Facebook page, the Untitled Web Series Facebook page. You can actually find all links to all that right from the front page of the Inspector Inspector TV. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You have just heard episode 51 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for March 1st, 2014. Your hosts have been station manager Gene Turnbow and the station's executive producer, Krypton. Oh, God. You have just heard episode 51 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for March 1st, 2014. Your hosts have been station manager Gene Turnbow and the station's executive producer, Susan Fox. Our guests this week have been Travis Ritchie, Carrie Karanen, and Nick Acosta of the Inspector Chronicles, an untitled web series about a space traveler who also travels through time. Check out their Indiegogo campaign. Look them up under the Inspector Chronicles. This episode will air again on Sunday, March 2nd at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You will be able to find this episode and others as downloads at the Krypton Radio website at kryptonradio.com and on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The part of the science officer was played by renowned science fiction illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The part of the engineer was played by fandom dignitary Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was played by Corsair's closet producer Christine Cherry. And the role of the captain was voiced by legendary science fiction writer Larry Niven. This program and its contents are copyright 2014 by the Krypton Media Group Incorporated. Stay tuned for more great music and tonight's episode of X-1. The Event Horizon. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Greetings, the Inspector here. Hey, Inspector. Hmm? Yeah, I'm Piper. here too. Piper, I'm doing a thing for the radio. I know, but I'm here too. Yes, but this is my thing. You'll do your own thing later. I thought we had things together. All right. Uh, greetings, this is the Inspector greetings. and... Greetings, this is the Inspector and Piper. You're listening to... Good Radio! Radio. Yeah.